we're going to talk about the significance of not receiving the blessing. Next week, we're going to talk about what the blessing is, how you bless someone. Next week, uh, we're going to talk about five ways in which an individual can bless another individual. And then we'll close our time. I believe that will be uh, the 22nd, if I uh, get my Sundays correct. We'll close out our time with a blessing challenge for you and I to choose one person to bless. After we've learned about what that blessing is and how to bless someone, uh, the last week on the 22nd, we will uh, have a blessing challenge. Let me introduce you to the uh, series, and so we'll, we'll go to our introduction. About a month or so ago, uh, you remember I was preaching a series uh, dealing with Jesus and growing. You remember Luke 2.52? Luke 2.52 says, And Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Well, a number of years ago, I made a conviction that if I have opportunity to share during a given week uh, in multiple places, that I felt like uh, whatever I preach on Sunday morning, God would have his hand on. So I would not prepare four separate messages during the week if I had four opportunities. I would preach the same message four times. Let the church say amen. Amen. That that helps the pastor. You know, that helps the pastor. And it's new and fresh for a different group. Say amen. 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 So when I preach on Sunday morning, if I have to do devotion for Grace House that particular week, Grace House will get a summary of what was preached that Sunday morning. And so this particular uh, Wednesday when we had devotion, I said, well, we're going to talk about Luke 2.52 and Jesus grew in wisdom. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. We're going to talk about Jesus growing in stature. And you'll remember us talking about how stature meant physically, but it also means periods of time. Let the church say amen. amen. So Jesus grew as an infant and a child. He grew as an adolescent. He grew as an adult. Okay. And so because they were at Grace House, I thought that I would put my finger and the spirit, put his finger on Jesus being blessed in Luke chapter two, early on in the chapter by Anna and Simeon. If you've ever read that passage, say amen. Jesus is a brand new baby. His parents take him to the temple. Anna, an older woman, sees him. Simeon, an older man, sees him. And both of them bless Jesus. Well, I talked about the importance of blessing, and I made reference to a book that I had read years ago by uh, John Trent and Gary Smalley entitled The Blessing. Not many around the table, it was about ten ladies, not many around the table had ever read the book. Well, men and women, it's in its fourth printing. It was first written in 1986 and then a reprint in 1993, another reprint in 2011. And just last year was the fourth reprint in 2019. It is a book about the importance of receiving a blessing. And that started a discussion. Well, Pastor Mike, what is the blessing? Well, Pastor Mike, how do you receive the blessing? Well, Pastor Mike... What if you've never received a blessing? Our girls, 
are in the DHR system. They're in foster care. Many of them are, are, have been, been taken away from their families because they're in harm's way at home and they have not received a blessing. Well, John Trent said it all starts with the question, why? As an adult, you or, or, or family members or you may know someone that asks the question, why does loneliness keep, keep, keep rising its head in my life? Why does isolation keep, 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 keep appearing in my life? Why, why does doubt keep appearing? Doubting whether or not people really love me and really care about me. Why, why, why do I try and fail so much at deep, meaningful relationships and, and it just seems not to be able to work? Why? Why do I try so hard to please people and to earn love and to earn favor and to earn acceptance and yet I keep feeling like I never measure up? Well, it could be because you have not received the blessing. Paul Turnier, a Swiss psychiatrist and theologian, discovered a condition he called the unblessed child. And after years of study, he recognized that there were some children that were unblessed. And as adults, they felt like after discussion, they'd never been blessed by their parents. That they had, 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 had this feeling, not feeling approved by parents or anyone else. And it was this recurring feeling of not feeling like they measure up and this recurring feeling of not feeling like they could please their parents or anyone significant in their lives. The unblessed child. And men and women, it is a condition that runs rampant in our community. And we wonder why people act out. And let me say this, and I want to be real clear. There is always a sin underneath the sin. If we look at the behavior of someone, that is just on the outside. It's almost like an iceberg. You see what's above surface, but there is so much more underneath. That when people are always fighting, and people are always uh, uh, contrary, and people are always arguing, and people are always isolating themselves, and you, you, you never feel like you can get close to them, it could be that they've never been blessed. And people are racked with fear. And people don't want to, to, to operate in faith. And people don't want to take risks. And people don't want, because they don't want to be disappointed again. And they fear failure because it will just put another stake in the coffin that says, I don't measure up. And men and women, it could be that they've never received the blessing of unconditional love and acceptance. And it's real. It's real. There's an Old Testament story that illustrates the seriousness of the condition, the seriousness of not receiving the blessing. If you want to look up top, you can look at the screen or you can turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 27. We're only going to look at verses 30 through 38. You know the story. It is the story of Jacob and Esau. Receiving a blessing from Isaac. Now, if you were to read the entire chapter, you would read about a dysfunctional family. You would read about parents who played favorites with their children. You would read about Rebecca, 
who loved uh, Jacob and decided that she would conspire to steal Esau's blessing from from Isaac. That that uh, uh, they 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 played a trick on Isaac, who was not seeing well in his old age, so that that Isaac could bless Jacob rather than blessing Esau. And you know that that just a couple of chapters before that, Jacob and Esau have a discussion and Esau sells his birthright to Jacob for a a bowl of soup. He says, well, you can have my birthright. I know I'm the firstborn, but you can have it. He despised his birthright and the significance thereof, but he thought that he would still get the blessing. Now, men and women, there was both a spiritual significance and a material significance to the birthright and the blessing. And it was almost as if Esau said, I'm not worried about the spiritual significance of it. I'm not worried about that. You can have the birthright, but I want the blessing because with the blessing becomes material wealth. Well, there was a conspiracy. It says you 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 dress up and put on some the wool of an animal and, and be hairy like your brother. I'll take you into the presence of your daddy. I'll make some stew for him. He has told your brother to go out and kill an animal and bring some stew that he makes that he likes. What I'll do is make some for you. I will uh, when he touches you, uh, you'll be hairy like your brother and then he will bless you. And then he blesses Jacob. Well, as soon as the blessing takes place and Jacob leaves the presence of Isaac, we pick up the story in verse 30. Notice what is said. Now, as as it happened, as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob and Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. He also had made savory food and brought it to his father and said to his father, let my father arise and eat of his son's game that your soul may bless me. And his father Isaac said to him, who are you? So he said, I'm your son, your firstborn Esau. Then Esau trembled exceedingly and said, who, uh, where, where, where is, is, is the one who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate all of it before you came and I blessed him. And indeed, he shall be blessed. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, bless me also, O my father. But he said, your brother came with deceit and has taken away your blessing. Esau said, is he not rightly named Jacob? Schemer, deceiver. He has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright. And now look, he's taken away my blessing. And he said, father, have you not reserved a blessing for me? Isaac answered and said to Esau, Indeed, I have made him your master, and all of his brethren I have given to him as servants with grain and wine, and I have sustained him. What shall I do now for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Have you only one blessing, my father? Bless me also, my father! And Esau lifted up his voice, And wept. 
I want to talk about three things today about the blessing. And then next week we'll talk about what that blessing is. And keep in mind, we're not talking about the dysfunction of the chapter. All we're going to focus on are the elements of the blessing. Today, we're going to talk about the results, the consequences of not receiving the blessing and how important the blessing is. Next week, we're going to talk about the elements of the blessing. And men and women, it is not limited to parents and children. Now, that is the root that we need that. But where sin doth abound, grace does more abound. God can use a substitute who will bless you. And pronounce his blessings upon you. But I'd like you to see as we focus on Esau. The consequences of no blessing. Look at verses 34, 36, and 38. And we get his response. The consequences. When Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with an exceedingly great and bitter cry. And said to his father, bless me. Me also, O my father. Notice the phraseology there. In the original language, there is no way for me to depict the gravity and the seriousness of the phrase when it says, He cried with an exceedingly great and bitter cry. It is probably the the, the most significant, powerful phrase in all of the Hebrew language for, for the depths of the anguish. That Esau fell. He cried with an exceedingly great and bitter cry. And he said to his father, oh no, father, I can't miss this. Bless me. Me. And if anyone has grown up in a household where it has been overtly shown that your parent played favorites with another sibling, you know how that feels. When you've been slighted, when you've been deemed insignificant, where you've had no value. And probably in our community, probably the best picture of that is of the movie Precious. Where she felt lower than a human being and was made to feel that way. By people who should have blessed her. Men and women, it's serious. And it goes to our homes. This is just not a, a, a play with me sermon today. We have got to get in the habit of recognizing the depths of anguish that people feel who have not received a blessing. The affirmation from a parent or someone significant in their lives that says, I value you. Notice in verse 36, he took away my birthright and now look, he's took it away, taken away my blessing. And he said, have you not reserved a blessing for me? What about me? And it's not a selfish what about me. It is I want to feel valuable. I'm somebody. What about me? And look at verse 38. Esau said to his father, have you only one blessing? 
My father, bless me also. Oh, my father. He keeps saying, Daddy, bless me. I'm your firstborn. You haven't recognized me. And then it, 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 it ends the way it started. It says, and Esau lifted up his voice and he what? Yeah, grown men do cry. Men and women, I don't, I, I don't know what to say that would communicate the seriousness of this lack of blessing. But I just jotted a couple of things down for me. Uh, Esau's heart cried out for his father's blessing. Esau knew that he needed, I need this blessing. Three, Esau's entire person was affected by the absence of his blessing. His whole perspective of self and his self-image and, and the significance that he placed on his own life was, I was born first. I have a birthright. I, 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 I deserve a blessing because of who I am and the way God created me first. Don't you have a blessing for me? We'll talk about that a little bit more next week. Point number two, the concern about our calling. If you were to go to 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, uh, I normally read out of the New King James Version. I like that version. I, I really like the King James Version, but it's kind of difficult to preach and, and, and to read because you have to decipher some of the words. And so the closest thing for me is the New King James Version. I like that. And, and it says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, let, let me give you just a word about the, the letter that, that Peter has written, his first letter here. The context is persecution. The context is living in Roman culture. The context is encouraging believers in Asia Minor to keep on keeping on. Don't abandon Jesus Christ. I know it's hard. I know that it's difficult. I know that society is going against you. I know that, that, that things aren't... I know they're burning Christians at the stake. I know they're feeding them to the lions. I know that it's hard trying to follow God. But remember... You've got a calling. You have a calling. And sometimes as believers, we can get so overwhelmed with circumstances, so overwhelmed with light, that we forget our calling. We ask questions like, well, I know God wants me to do something, but I don't know what to do because all I can see in front of me are obstacles. Well, I want to remind you of your calling in the midst of a culture that doesn't embrace it, in the midst of a culture that's not going to bless you. Notice what it says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, New King James Version. It says, finally, summary, finally, all of you be of one mind, have unity, have compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tenderhearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing. Knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. What he is saying is, I know your job description is to be unified, to have compassion, to love the brothers, be tenderhearted, be courteous. But I know you live in a tough world. 
But when evil things happen to you, don't return it with evil. When people revile against you and say all manner of things against you, don't start talking about them. Well, what am I supposed to do, Lord? Bless them. Bless them. Why should I bless them, Lord? Knowing you were called to this. You were called to it. Lord, how can I bless the very people who are giving me trouble? How can I bless the folks that don't deserve it? How can I bless those who don't bless me? Returning evil for evil is fair. Well, the Lord says, I want you to be more than fair. I want you to learn about grace. And listen, this is one of the times where I think that a different translation amplifies it even more. So the same verses in the Message Bible say this. Summing up. Be agreeable, be sympathetic, be loving, be compassionate, be humble. That goes for all of you. No exceptions, no retaliation, no sharp tongued sarcasm. Instead, bless. That's your, that's your job. That's your job to bless. To bless people, that is your job. And one of the reasons why I ask you to, to, to answer this question, if you were called this week to bless somebody, how would you bless them? I'm wondering next week when we go through the five ways, if one of the things that you said, we're going to do the, the exercise again and hopefully you'll have a different partner, but, but, but hopefully I think that we are woeful in this area. We don't know how to bless people besides blessing people materially. And I'm old enough to remember that if I had a family member after the family reunion and they thought my brother and me were cute, my mother would dress us up in the same outfits, you know, and and because I grew a little faster than he did, they thought we were twins. They're trying to figure out how I had a light skinned brother and a dark skinned brother in the same same family. You know, my brother really liked that. You know, I'm light, you dark, you know, that's a whole different sermon. It's a whole different sermon. But 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 I have these family members and, and I don't know, you know, I don't know if we have very many uh, seniors in here. Y'all don't take offense at that. But the seniors would always fold up them bills and then put it in your hand like that. And you trying to unfold it and see how much it was. They fold them bills up and, and you, you get that bill and you go, man, they blessed me. You know, and then they gave you a lot of money. They blessed you big, you know, then, you know, they, that was, but that was the only way we know how to bless folk. There's a different, different ways to bless folk. And I think that we as Christians, and that's why this, this series is so important. Some of us as parents have not blessed our children. And if you come next week, you will learn how to bless your child. For some of us, we need to bless those who are around us. And men and women... It, 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 it is all it takes is a willing heart. But we as Christians need to see this as a part of our job description. Instead, bless. That's your job to bless. You'll be a blessing and you'll also get 
a blessing. I was reading a story today about an architect, very, very successful. Not only was he a successful architect, but they would invite him to be a guest professor to teach on architecture at the local college. He made a lot of money. He was very well known, but he grew up with a perfectionist father. And although his father had been dead for two decades, he would still ask himself the question after all of his accomplishments. I wonder if daddy would be proud. There's a story of a lady who was the youngest out of four daughters. For the three daughters before her were petite and cute, girly girls, all that kind of thing. She was round, more of a tomboy, participated in athletics. And her mother would jab her all the time about, why are you so heavy? Oh, you need to go on a diet. Or you need to do this. And she never embraced who this young lady was. And this young lady grew up, got married, had her own children, and discovered upon someone recognizing and saying, hey, do you know what you're doing to your kids? The same thing that was done to you. Because her mother never gave her the blessing of unconditional love and acceptance. It is so important. So important. And I'll close with this. Last point. The point is the condition as believers. And I want to say this, first of all, because some of you may be thinking in your mind, well, that sounds good, Pastor Mike, but I haven't received the blessing myself. I haven't been blessed. I, 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 you can't give what you ain't got. Pastor Mike, I'm running all empty. Pastor Mike, I don't have that. I mean, you know, you, 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 you've been through all this and you're po- positive and you're a preacher and you, you gotta tell us all that, that, that positive stuff, but I don't have it. Well, what I'm trying to tell you is you do, but you need to recognize it. You need to recognize, and this verse is foundational, found in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with only a few spiritual blessings. One or two spiritual blessings. A handful of spiritual blessings. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. We didn't have enough room for to go through the rest of the passage which goes from verse 4 down to verse verse uh, 14, I believe is 14, that gives us blessings from the Father, blessings from the Son, blessings from the Holy Spirit. And he says that he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Men and women, we have got to operate from a position of abundance rather than a position of lack. Many of us operate from a position of lack, and we can't give anybody a blessing. Because we say, if I give them a blessing, what am I going to have left? It's almost like the illustration that the preacher gives of, of, of you having $20, your last $20. Anybody down to your last $20? You ever been down to your last $20? Yeah, yeah, I got some witnesses. And so, so, so your brother or your sister, whom you love, says, can I borrow $20 from you? I will pay you back day after tomorrow. You do one of two things. You put an H word in front of your no. 
Some people know what that H word is. Or you have a discussion and you say, brother, this is my last 20. Are you going to pay me back day after tomorrow? Yeah, I'm going to pay you back. No, 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 no. You understand. This is my last 20. I don't get paid again until next week. My last. Are you going to pay me? Oh, yes. You prayed like you never prayed before after you gave him that 20. And all of a sudden, day after tomorrow comes, and guess what? No 20. You're mad, you're angry, you're hurt, you're on empty. You want to go off on them. You vow, I'll never give it to them again. Same situation. Your brother comes to you and asks for 20, and you know it's your last 20 before you get paid. And he says, I'll pay you day after tomorrow. But it's not your last 20. You got 2,000 in the bank. You say, here, bro, here's the 20. He said, well, well, you know, I, 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 I'll pay you back in day after tomorrow. Man, do, do. Try to get it to me. But if you can't, it's all right. I'm good. I'm good. You the one empty. Matter of fact, I have a rule in my my life. I don't give loans. I want you to have this. I want you to have it. What is the perspective? It's the same $20. One is giving their $20 out of lack and need and emptiness. And one is giving their $20 out of fullness and abundance. And what I'm saying is, in the area of blessing, if we're in tune with God, if we have Jesus at the center of our lives, if we believe what He says about us, if we praise and worship Him, if we're filled with Him, we can give blessings out of abundance, out of fullness, out of having no lack. Because God has blessed me, I can bless you. And men and women, that is the key to our perspective. You can't give what you don't have. And that's why your relationship with God is so important. That's why coming and worshiping God and being full and walking in the fullness of life, you're operating out of a position of abundance. But if you're always operating out of a position of lack, you will not want to bless anybody. Because you ain't got it to give. Am I right about y'all with me? Y'all are with me? And so men and women, we got to operate out of a position of abundance rather than lack. Last couple of things. This blessing comes from our relationship with Jesus Christ, not our works or our performance. It is a position of high value. That God values me. That God loves me. That I'm good. I'm I'm walking in this newness of life. I'm not just talking about it, but God loves me. And many women, I don't know about you, but you get hits. I had a conversation a few weeks ago, and 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 I'm I'm still a little jarred by it. If if I don't concentrate on relationship with the Lord, I can start feeling a certain kind of way. 
And I don't mind sharing with you preachers who stand up and talk about the goodness of God and go through what I just went through with you. Many of us are given to depression, disappointment and defeat. And it only takes one negative statement or conversation to wipe out everything that's gone before. Unless you walk in fullness. I battle with it. I struggle with it. I'm not too ashamed to say I've got self-image issues. I've got childhood things that I'm dealing with. And maybe you're dealing with them too. But I've decided to set my mind on the things that are above and not the things that are below. I've decided to believe what God has said about me rather than what has happened to me. I've decided to believe that Jesus is real and that he has redeemed me. Am I all that I need to be? No. Am I all that I want to be? No. But I'm so glad that I'm not what I was. It's about the high value that Jesus Christ places on my life. And so I can bless. And get this. When you bless other folk, you feel blessed. Even if it's your last, at least I blessed you. And I'm feeling good because I bless you. I'll close with this. Many of us have different roles. You hear, you know what I mean by roles? Let me see. Uh, I'll help you. Uh, I got one role as a pastor. That's my role, right? You all know what I do cross town with the boys over at, at Restoration Academy. I got a role as a coach. I have a role as a brother. Okay, he gone, but I still got... You know, folks I consider brothers, right? I got a role as a son. I've got a role, most important role, as a husband. But I also have a role as a father. Now, I can be overwhelmed with things if I lump all of those roles together. Okay? I can be overwhelmed. However, I believe that this is one of the few times where God allows us to compartmentalize. So, when I'm dealing with Kim... It's not my role as pastor. It's not my role. I gotta bless her as a. Mm. When I'm at this church and I'm dealing with y'all, I ain't married to y'all. Hey, hey, hey! And I'm glad about it. No, this kid, this kid, this kid. But I have to fulfill my role as a, and I have to bless you as your. You understand what I'm saying? So in every area of your life, notice what he says. It's not up on the screen, but he says, bless. It's your job to bless. To be blessed and to be a blessing. You see what I'm saying? So in this area, I, I just really feel like if we get this, if we get this, those around us will be blessed. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your word today. I thank you for each one. Lord, there are people in our lives who need to be blessed. But Father, today, I ask that you would bless us. That we would recognize your blessing. You chose us. It's a blessing. You adopted us. That's a blessing. You have accepted us. That's a blessing. You redeemed us. That's a blessing. 
You have forgiven us. That's a blessing. You reveal to us the mystery of your will. That's a blessing. You've given us an inheritance. That's a blessing. You sealed us with your Holy Spirit. That's a blessing. And you've given us your spirit as a pledge, a down payment of things to come. That's a blessing. You've given us this church. That's a blessing. You've given us a reasonable portion of health and strength. That's a blessing. You've given us a place to live. That's a blessing. You've given us food on our tables. That's a blessing. Lord, we operate out of abundance today. I confess. Say with me, church, I'm blessed. Say with me like you mean it, church. I'm blessed. I'm blessed blessed today. In Jesus' name, let each person say, Amen. Amen.